What's your favorite scary movie? Time, the podcast where two LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real life crime, or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello. So I'm just making a quick note. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> I just thought of something real quick. Um, so, hello everyone. This month we are doing something I picked. It's 1978's Magic. <laughs> Directed by Richard Attenborough, a.k.a. you know John Hammond of Jurassic Park fame. <laughs> and starring Anthony Hopkins. It, it's a, I guess not young, but like young young to us, Anthony Hopkins. Younger. <laughs> yeah, younger. As a magician slash ventriloquist who makes it big and kind of gets spooked at the shot idea of like getting his own like television show. The, uh, there's mentions of because it's of a psych evaluation he needs to take. He's like, nope! Runs away to the Catskills where he grew up to kind of clear his head. Stays with his, like, childhood sweetheart. Shit happens. It's all about who's really running the show here, him or his ventriloquist dummy facts. Yeah. That's the main thing, right? Right, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Margaret's there. Burgess Meredith is, is the, uh, the agent. We love... Oh, God. I love Burgess Meredith. <laughs> Juicy. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's the basic plot. Um, I chose this, so Elle, you hadn't seen it, right? I hadn't. I didn't even know it existed, so. Did you, okay, did you go in, like, completely blind? Was I just, like, yes. watch this, and you're like, okay, yes, basically. Yes, I did. I went in completely blind. So how'd that go? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate. Um. Well, I hadn't seen, like, any of the posters or anything like that, so I had, truly, I had no idea what the hell was going on, and then when I saw the ventriloquist on me up here, I was like, okay, okay, we're gonna go with this guy. Um, Did you know even going in that he was a ventriloquist? Because this no, kind of, like, a little reveal. No. Yeah, so, for those listening, he starts off as just a magician, and it shows his first time at an open, open mic night, and he just bombs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're like, fuck you, basically. And so then it cuts to later when he's successful, and you're like, what's the difference? And he pretends to be his own heckler, like, with the, like, he manipulates his voice. Yo, yeah, he throws his voice. Because ventriloquists can do that. Yeah, he throws his voice. And then he reveals that it's it's a dummy. (laughs) And that's his act. So I love that for you, that you didn't even know going in that a fucking dummy would appear. (laughs) He showed up, I was Let like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's what we're going on. Let alone cause psychological damage like yeah. that. That was a lot of damage. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there's that. The... <laughs> Brain freeze, sorry. <laughs> so I guess just getting into it, like... I don't know how open-ended you would consider, like, what you think Fats is. If, if you think it's purely psychological, if you think this could be read as some kind of supernatural thing, if you have a specific take on it. Because I, like, I personally find it as a psychological thing, but I'm interested if you have a different read on it or what your thoughts are on it. No, yeah, I definitely thought there was, uh, it was psychological. 
with mm-hmm. that. Um, cause people, there was like, people were noticing that at one like specific point in the film, uh, Fats's eyes looked like they were moving on their own. Um, but that was just, like, an accident, and Richard Adam, um, oh. he just left it in because he didn't think anyone would notice, and, eh, wrong, they're gonna notice. No, we're always watching the dummy! And so they kind of play up that idea, maybe it's a little supernatural in there, but I, I think for the most part, it's, yeah, it's definitely, um, psychological more, because he was doing that one, uh, try to sit without saying anything, like, letting Fats talk at all. Yeah. With, uh, his agent, and he was just, like, constantly asking, like, so's the bit of it? <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene, I'm just like, this is me trying to be left alone with my thought. <laughs> Same. And like, that's he, when this... Oh, sorry, he, go ahead. He does, like, that rapid-fire sequence when he's like, like, I'm not gonna make it, and then he's like, nope, and then he just, like, brings Fats out, and he does, like, this really rapid-fire uh, mm-hmm. speaking part. Like, he was just holding it back so hard. And I was like, <laughs> oh, woof, man. God. Yeah. And they, they don't really get into, like, his past and everything. You just know that there was something there, and that's why he's afraid to take that, like, medical evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear that this is, I mean, hasn't fully been a problem till now, but it's something that he's been aware of, that he is very, like, reliant on using this doll to communicate. And it's, like, that. I think that's kind of what makes this so scary is, like, he is, in a way, a relatable character for some, I would think. Like, because mm-hmm. he really, he really uses Fats the doll as like, like a catalyst of communication because he's such like a nervous person. I think, like, even like the first time he sees Anne Margaret again, he doesn't know what to say to her, and then he just brings the doll out to to break the ice, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of just what he does. He can't even, like you said, sit for five minutes without. And also, like, that's kind of what made him famous. Like, mm-hmm. he couldn't do magic on his own. What It allowed him to bring out this other, like, side of himself. And it unfortunately, like, he can't handle it. And that's kind of scary if, yeah. if anyone finds that relatable. I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, because, like, when at when at the beginning, he he was talking, like, to his mentor. Um, mm-hmm. His mentor's like, you gotta, like, bring on the charm. And, like, that's the way he, like, has the charm is with the doll. Because it's not, like, really yeah. focused. The audience isn't focusing so much on him as it is the doll. And so he probably feels yeah. less pressure about it. But, um, uh, yeah, that's, I can't even imagine what, how how you deal with that kind of thing going on. And then, and, like, it just turns, it just, it goes so far because he's trying to escape from, uh, the mental health examination or just the health and examination in general because uh, they would find that out about him and then they probably wouldn't want mm-hmm. him to go on the show um and then like, more than that he, like i feel like oh sorry go, yeah. no yeah and then like it just kind of escalates from there because once he goes into the Catskills and he like meets up with his old uh childhood sweetheart crush that he had on um mm-hmm. and then things just kind of start going up from there uh, until it becomes very dangerous for everybody else involved. And so I'm just like, yeah, th- it was probably going to escalate uh, no matter which route had he had gone. But, like, it's 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 good he did not get on the television. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like Burgess Meredith being, the like, his agent being the one to be like, I think you might, like, need some help, bud. And, like, that's seen as, like, the antagonist to all of this because... Or not antagonist, but, like... To him, at least. Yeah. To, yeah. To, I don't even look up his character, Anthony Hopkins' name in it. Oh, Corky? Um, 
Corky! Yeah, how can I forget? To Corky. Because that, to him, that's bad. And, like, in a way, I don't blame him because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but mental health in the 70s was probably not seen in a very good light. <laughs> like, mental health yeah. issues. So, like, yeah. I almost don't blame this poor guy for being like, absolutely not. They're going to lock me in a sanitarium and throw away the key, probably. That kind of thing. Like, the second they see him, the way he interacts with yeah. Vaz. Even Vatch was is... saying stuff like that. Like, he's going to look dark and lonely. They're going to put you up in place. So, yeah, it, it probably wasn't any, any, that for something so severe like that, probably not at all, mm-hmm. no. Which I'm glad they at least, like, address kind of, like, I feel like mental health issues are used a lot, especially for psychological horror, but never, like, I don't know. It feels like there's, like, like some the... sympathy, almost, that you can feel yeah. for him in this film, be like, you don't feel like, oh, he's, like... They don't try to use it as, like, oh, this big, bad, scary thing. Like, it's just something that, as like, escalates out of it because he's not, you know, really in any kind of control of his of his mental health. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the way he acts around the doll, it's like, you can very see there's very this push-pull with, like, his, um, with it. Because, like, there's just, you know, when Fats is like, oh, you should go... Uh, you should go kill your childhood sweetheart and he doesn't want to do it. Like, you can see, like, how desperately he doesn't want to do these things. So he's, like, fighting against it. Um, but, and, and you do feel sympathy for his character. I did feel pretty bad for him. I was just like, man, I can't imagine having to deal with this shit and then, like, even becoming famous or even trying to become famous and then having that kind of scrutiny on you. I, no. No way. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> All that said, though, I think that that Anne Margaret should have like run, bolted the second oh, he started yelling. Absolutely. <laughs> if you the Hopkins started yelling at me, I'd start crying and I'd run for the hills. No thank I'd you. I'd be like, absolutely not. We are doing a fucking card trick. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> that poor girl. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that that's honestly kind of the one flaw to this. I feel like is I. I'm not invested in that love story. Oh my god, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, her husband sucks too. I get it, but... Girl, run. What's going on here? Girl, girl get out of here. <laughs> girl, girl, help. <laughs> um, yeah, I mainly... God, like, the, I mainly just want to talk about this or like what what really floored me when i first saw this i knew more about it going in than you because i knew it was about ventriloquism and everything but yeah. just like learning that like the fact that anthony hopkins learned that like craft for this specifically and just like like i was honestly just watching this i'm like this this might be one of the best like performances i've ever seen like in a horror movie or at all like yeah like just thinking of the mechanics of everything of you're basically doing two performances at once, and that's, like, the whole, like, that's most of the movie. Yeah. Is that. Like, because there's scenes also where he's, like, he's acting as both with other people, but those conversations with himself that get so intense, and it's just, like, I can't, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like. No, yeah. Absolutely. It's fucking insane. I go, his mind, and you feel so stupid being, like, yeah, that guy Anthony Hopkins gave a pretty good performance, but, you know, <laughs> like. I don't know. Especially when, like, he was, like, doing the same, like, too much. When he was talking to Fats and, like, that one part where he, like, has his forehead against the mirror. And I was just, like, that at that yeah. point, I was, like, 
Damn, he's giving it in this movie, isn't he? He's really giving it. He's serving. He's serving. He has the range. He's always, like, ordering him around, like, get on the floor now, turn around, all shit. Yeah. Grab a knife. Okay! He's like, what? He, like, yeah, stops right idea. there. What? Oh, my God. And I also love, um... I think this goes with, like, how this is, like, two parts of his personality and the melding, but, like... Like, I don't see this as a flaw, like, when he's going back and forth between the voices sometimes. Like, you know how Anthony Hopkins sounds in mm -hmm. his dialect and his, like, like nasal range or vocal range. Like, it gets a lot higher when he sometimes, especially when he's arguing with Fats, when it's going in between. Yeah. So, the, like, his, his voice almost melds together with the, like, higher register American accent of Fats. And it's so fascinating. <laughs> like, Yo, yeah. Like, it's so fucking cool. I don't know. Like, if, if you're gonna... Like, if the main pitch of this movie, I feel like, relies on that performance. And some mm -hmm. people might find, find some of it sloggy, but by the end of it, you're just thinking, like, holy shit, that was a performance. And, like, yeah. I feel like it's worth it. I do. Oh, yeah, because, like, um, they were talking about how his, he tried, when he was trying to do an American accent, it kind of doesn't work, but it also kind of works at the same time. So it's kind of like this disjointed sound, which they thought actually contributed to the character because it is kind of that mental state that he's in but yeah like when yeah. their voices are almost sound like they're melding or meshing together when he's arguing with uh himself as fats it's definitely kind of creepy and I, I really enjoyed that aspect um of that it's it's just so yeah yeah honestly anthony hopkins performance was like the top tier thing for me out of this like, film like beast mode <laughs> beast <laughs> fucking mode because he's like he's so i've never seen him so like move like he's his movement i've never really seen that out mm -hmm. of him because you know in silence of the lambs which was made not long after this film came out uh it was is a little while but like you know there was there was a gap in between the both but like for the most part in that movie he's very still he doesn't really like do like these grandiose moves that he's doing in mm -hmm. magic and so just to see all this like flurry of movement and just like be like can also being younger does help a little bit with that but just it's just so wild and and it definitely i think helps with his like how he's feeling and in, in his state of mind in that especially when you were talking about how fats was like ordering on the floor he's like like spin around to just like, get on the floor mm -hmm. and stuff like that and i i absolutely loved it i would i would encourage people to watch it just solely for anthony hopkins performance in the movie yeah it's funny because I once told my friends about this and they thought it was a comedy the way I described it. I'm like, no! Oh, no, no! no. It's terrifying as shit! No. <laughs> <laughs> because aren't... I'm sorry, aren't dolls terrifying? Have we not established this? Yeah. Especially ventriloquist dummies. Like, no, this, like, this apparently was the... the inspiration for Slappy the Dummy. Yeah! And, and fucking Goosebumps! Yes! It was. Absolutely was. <laughs> I was like, when they said that, I was like, okay, yes, because I remember hearing Slappy's voice, because my sister used to have, like, this mm -hmm. giant R.L. Stein mm -hmm. Goosebumps book that had a Slappy on the front, and when you pressed, like, his mouth, he, his eyes would light up and he'd talk. And I was just like, okay, so I remember the voice and, like, comparing it to Fats, I'm like, okay, yes, I can definitely see yeah, where the inspiration is. Hey, yeah, hey, that, that, that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Not a living dummy. <laughs> That's a good segue into the mm. uh, creepiest ventriloquist dummies of all time. Yeah! Talk about. <laughs> uh, 
So the first one came from 1945's Dead of Night. His name was Hugo, the ventriloquist dummy. It's a horror anthology movie that features five short tales and that ends with that short, the ventriloquist dummy. Uh, it's uncertainty of whether the dummy is real or not, a possibly unhinged village, uh, ventriloquist, a really creepy looking doll. Um, and there was mentions uh, in reviews on IMDb when I was looking up stuff about magic um, that was like, it's so cool for uh, Richard Attenborough to bring a sequel of uh, Night of Dead of Night to like three, like three, uh, three uh, critics mentioned that. Um, yeah, I want to see that. I've it, heard of it. It looks creepy. And then there was 1964's uh, Devil Doll, which also had a ventriloquist doll named Hugo. Um, and apparently it's not a great movie, but it's not nearly as bad as most others uh, that appear on the spoof TV show uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, it's one of the few ventriloquist stories where the, the doll is unequivocally alive, kind of. It's like a trapped soul of the assistant that was murdered by the ventriloquist. Um, so the dummy has to stop him from murdering an heiress, uh, which... I might have to watch that because I'm always looking for more creepy doll horror movies. Mm -hmm. um, then there's Willie the Dummy from Twilight Zone, uh, the episode of the same name. Uh, so Jerry is his ventriloquist. He wants to get uh, just get away from his dummy. Uh, just doesn't want to be by him anymore. And while his agent thinks he's having a breakdown, Jerry knows Willie's talking on his own and that he's at the doll's mercy, so he creates a new act with goofy goggles and locks Willie away in a trunk. Uh, this does not please him, and not to psychoanalyze an inanimate object, but like Fats and Maxwell, there may be some jealousy at work here. Um, <laughs> as Willie tricks Jerry into destroying goofy goggles. And yeah, like, because it almost feels like there was, like, jealousy just to jump back into magic real fast when Fats oh, was yeah. talking about uh, Peggy, because uh, Peggy Snow, and I was just like, because I kind of felt that vibe, and I was like, okay. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> weird feelings. There's also another episode of The Twilight Zone called Caesar and Me with Caesar the Ventriloquist Doll. Uh, he, it was the same doll that was used as a villain twice. Um, oh. Hi. Sorry, my cat just <laughs> came into my room. Um, this time the dummy is playing this doll named Little Caesar, who is owned by Jonathan West, who's a ventriloquist so bad, a little girl makes fun of him. Um, so Caesar talks Jonathan into a life of crime. They get overheard by the little girl, and she tips off the cops. Snitch. Uh, they are unsurprisingly unmoved by Jonathan's attempts to get Caesar to confess, and Jonathan goes to jail, and Caesar tells the little girl to kill the landlady with poison darts. So we're just gonna go up. Uh, <laughs> there is actually an episode of Doctor Who called The Talons of Wang Chiang, and the doll's name is Mr. Sin. Uh, there's a Chinese magician in Victorian London, uh, has a cyborg from the future that acts as a ventriloquist dummy. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. What era was this? Which doctor? I think it was an older one, like before they rebooted mm -hmm. it in like 2005. Uh, so this was one of the older ones. It, didn't, it doesn't say exactly which one. Um, but I mean, but, yeah, like with a concept that kind of racist and sad. I'm like, this has to be classical. I was like, this has to be Hopefully. classical. Hopefully. <laughs> 
No thanks. Uh, there's also we have a girl dom, uh, girl dummy. Uh, it's an episode of the Avengers from 1966, and the mm -hmm. episode is how to succeed at dot 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 murder. Uh, so Henrietta the doll has a simple plan: destroy the patriarchy by replacing male CEOs with their female secretaries. Let her. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, one of her victims is J.J. Hooter, played by Christopher Benjamin, who is also in the talents of Wang Chiang. Apparently, he has creepy dolls in his contract because he has to keep playing with them. Uh, Henrietta, with her husband, recruits competent women, gives them charm bracelets that kill, and orders the death of men in power. And she runs a fitness center. Uh... <laughs> Her husband's name is Henry, which pretty much ruins any attempts at a twist ending. My god. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, let her! Let her! She's allowed to! <laughs> and finally, we have Vlad and Lizzie off of the episode from The Middleman, The Vampiric Le Puppet Le Lamentation. Uh, when Vlad the Impaler and his lover, Elizabeth Rousset, died, their blood seeped into the wood of their beloved puppets and trapped their souls in them for eternity. Uh, when Lizzie was tracked down and sealed away, Vlad was bought and sold repeatedly, leaving a trail fraught with madness, fever, uh, pestilence, matrifratra, patra, and uh, suicide in his wake. The dolls can possess people, and they want to marry while on the, well, in the arms of two people in love. This will both restore them to human bodies and unleash an internal night of blood, as, as one does. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's all, that's all it mentions? That, is this an article or something? Yeah, it was like the ten creepiest ventriloquist uh, We're not going so no Slappy, no dead silence. I'm offended. They did mention Slappy, but since we already mentioned him before, I figured, okay. okay. okay yeah. But there was another article I was looking at that did mention dead silence's ventriloquist, and I was very sad that he wasn't in this one. Uh, yeah, what the fuck? Because <laughs> what the fuck, man? You've got to include dead silence's creepy-ass dolls. <laughs> James Wan and his creepy-ass dolls. Like the that one that one domino picture that's like James Wan creates Saw, ventriloquist dummy Grace. Oh, yeah, there was Billy the puppet. I guess maybe well he's not a ventriloquist. Ah, true. Yeah, yeah. True, true. But anyways, yeah, that's that's some creepy dolls. So for some horror films or horror episodes, if you want to check those out. Um, yeah. There was even one in a comic of Batman called... It was a Scarface ventriloquist. Yes! Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Arnold Wesker. He's in the animated series, too, I think. Like, he shows up. Godless. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to call Batman Gatman because he can't say the letter B. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, bless. Dolls are just creepy in general, and when you make it so that you have to make them talk, it just makes it worse, honestly. <laughs> if you put one of those in especially, my house, I'd light it on fire. Especially if they're speaking your inner psyche and making you do terrible things. Uh, kill him with me. He was me, he was me, and he's like Me, 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 me! Ah! in the face. Like, like he head. takes that literally, just smacking him with the doll. I was like, fuck! That's a heavy doll! Damn, boy. Yeah. You, like, you can hear it, too. It comes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Louise. Like, <laughs> That'd be a terrible way to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, getting kicked out by a fucking dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
So this is definitely not a gay film. <laughs> <laughs> now the the only thing I wanted to say, this is what I wrote down right before we started. But so as we mentioned, there's like a love story that's stupid. You know, it's <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? It's that very straight at that point, even a love triangle and everything. Um but I just wanted to point out how Fats' wardrobe like could be part of the gays at brunch like discussion. Like every <laughs> outfit. And there's also like mad sweater game in this, which I feel like is inherently gay. Because we, we like we love to notice a good sweater in horror movies. Sweater in the club. That's the main thing I want. But it, like, but especially like Fats is like with the overalls and the be like the fisherman the beanie, beanie and yes. stuff. I'm just like yes, yes, yes. He's going to brush. <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out. You can let, let's let's even just argue like oh yes, obviously. The re- is the representation of his inner psyche th- of homosexuality, and that's why he doesn't want him to be with a woman. You're gonna just like, <laughs> who gives a shit? Yeah, that's got a face. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make everything gay. That's the point of this. Yeah, <laughs> those are the rituals. But that's all. Unless you have anything to add. No, that's actually quite. Quite a summation. Because <laughs> I was like, why does Fats got a good fit of fashion? I can't even wear that. That's shit. fucking wide. <laughs> you see? You saw it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's a great movie to draw some fall inspiration looks from. <laughs> fall aesthetics. Exactly. <laughs> ah. So we have any any last words about magic? Um, that's you know Anthony Hopkins Beast Mode. <laughs> you can watch it for free on Canopy or Tubi. <laughs> Absolutely, do watch it. Um, and if any guy ever performs that card trick with you, do not have sex with him because <laughs> he stole it from this movie. Oh my god. I still think that's so funny that, like, he, like, this is your card after, like, those intense minutes of, like, reading her mind and shit. And she, like, touches his hand and then it's, like, boom, straight to the bedroom. I'm like, I guess. <laughs> Y'all good? And she, she's, like, genuinely mad that it turned out to not be, like, a psychic link between the two of them. He, like, explains the card trick and she's like, what? Yeah, Fats, <laughs> or, I think Fats, Fats explains the her. card trick. It's like, uh-oh. It's like, girl, did you think? Oh, no. Girl. <laughs> oh, no, girl. <laughs> and Margaret, get out of there. Girl, run. <laughs> Though, okay, the last piece of trivia I'll end with this is that two cast members go- went on to being grumpy old men, her and Burgess Meredith. Mm. Oh, yeah, speaking of trivia, did you know that originally they thought of having Gene Wilder play Corky? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it that- would have been the same. Honestly. It would have been a completely different like that would have been interesting would have been a completely different movie yeah yeah but i i love that's why i always love trivia like that it's like ooh, that's different (laughs) yeah i think it was the producer that was like absolutely not because he wanted like no comedians to Mm -hmm. possibly detract from the film and i think it it worked out for the best in the end like i would have been interested to see it and apparently gene wilder would have been interested to do the film also but i'm glad anthony hopkins ended up doing the role you know yeah, they're like, what's the opposite of a comedian? This guy. <laughs> and they were wrong. <laughs> the range. The range, your honor. So yeah, watch Magic 1978. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so shall we begin our wind down? Sure. Would you like to begin? Sure. 
So, okay, two giant horror titles came out in between our last recording. So oh, yes. Candyman! <laughs> I'm only gonna say it once! <laughs> Holy shit! You've seen- have you seen it? I have! Holy shit! Holy like, shit! I don't... Mr. Costa. Oh, like, it's been an honor. <laughs> it's been an honor. I, and the people that didn't like it, I feel like we watched a different movie. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're like, they didn't really dig deep into, like, the race discussion. I'm like, it didn't? <laughs> sure? Because all of this was a direct response to, like, how, like, the black horror community felt about the original Candyman. But, like, anyway. <laughs> I... That that was great. I don't like. I'm too stupid to say anything profound about it. I just loved it. Um, the other big thing is *Malignant*. Speaking of James Wan, I'm gonna watch that this weekend. So I'm excited. Okay, okay. I ain't gonna say much then, except that I feel like my audience all sucked. First of all, they were all like laughing for the wrong reasons. This guy next to me was talking the entire time. So she's like, who wrote this? And this is so stupid and all this shit. I'm like, you can leave. Just leave. go jerk off to an Ari Aster movie or something. <laughs> like, because we're having fun here. Um, because that's the, like, A, that people are going into this, like, do not know who James Wan is. Like, not knowing, like, his contributions to, like, this century of horror. Mm. And knowing that he is one of the masters and he knows what he's doing. So that when he makes something like this that is ridiculous, it is intentional. <laughs> he is in on the joke. This is his version of Jalo, which I doubt any of those fuckers at AMC Burbank <laughs> could explain to me. Um, so I mean, it made me mad a little bit. I'm like, no, this is him making a Jalo movie. It's fun. We're gonna have a good time. Um... <laughs> How much you don't know a lot going in, right? Please don't. I have don't no idea what it's about. So thank God. <laughs> I have not seen okay. any trailers. I have not seen anything. I've only like. Well, and it's it. okay. That's even better because, like, I love that the the tra- the trailers for this, the marketing for this, brilliant because it does not. It gives you enough to get you in, but it there's mm, chef's kiss. <laughs> it's just gonna bloom like a blooming onion for you. I am. So excited for you. I hope everyone watches it. <laughs> Just going in as blind as possible. Yes. And I... Oh my god. I just love it. Mo- Moignant! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Sorry, that's coined by Michael Kennedy. Moignant. <laughs> um, that's the main shit. Last, last night I got to go to a shopping mall night of the Comet double feature. Ooh. And like... I just bought the- it was at the New Beverly. I just bought the tickets because I'm like, hell yeah, I like Chopping Mall. I've never seen that as a comet, and I should. Turns out, like, there were, like, a bunch of surprise guests. Like, Kelly Marooney was there, and, like, the director, the editor. Oh, wow. A couple of that- other, other actors. One of them whom I, re- like, didn't recognize him in the movie, like, from the 80s. But when he got up there, I'm like, why do I know this, like, middle-aged man? And then the <laughs> the guy leading the Q&A was like, so you were in Cobra Kai- you, you were one of the original Cobra Kai members, so, like, he was in he went to Karate Kid to shop, and I'm like, that- I recognize this guy from the Cobra Kai episode, where they all reunite! <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> so, you know. <sighs> oh, God bless. And- other than that, I've just been rewatching shit. I uh, rewatched. Well, I rewatched the first season and the other two, and I've been watching the new season, and it's fantastic. 
Yay. Yeah. Oh, and what we do what we do in the shadows. Oh, uh, I need to start uh, I need to get on that. So I I've watched the first two seasons. I need to watch the next episode. My episodes. my clown shoes are on. Is <laughs> speak, all speak, I can speak, say. Speak. I'm literally like I got one clown shoe on. I put it that <laughs> way. Because I don't wanna I don't wanna give in. But I, I have a clown shoe on, like in case we're ready to roll. That's <laughs> what I'm gonna say. That's all. <laughs> one clown shoe what about on you? the step and one clown shoe in the darkness. Exactly! That's how I feel about all this. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, so I haven't been up to too, too much. I've actually managed to read a couple books in between Ooh. our last episode and this episode, which is amazing because I haven't really been in that reading group, but I'm feeling it now. Um, and sometimes when I'm at work, I'm like, God damn it, I just want to be reading my book. So it's it's nice to, <laughs> nice to feel that. Um, and right now I am reading, um, All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr, and he has a new book coming out, I think it's called, uh, Cuckoo's Cloud, um, something, and apparently a lot of people are excited for it, so I'm reading, I'm, I'm almost finished with, uh, All the Light We Cannot See, and I really like it. My sister, I asked if she had read it at all, and she's like, I couldn't really get into it, and I was like, yeah, it's okay, sometimes... Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It's everyone's, you know, different strokes for different folks, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, af- but uh, after watching Near Dark, I watched the original, original, original King Kong. Stop motion King Kong. Um, I can see why my grandpa was terrified as a- of it as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it's like, it's still good. I see why it has an impact on, uh, cinema and all that. So that was, it was part of my, um, top 100 countdown. I get to watch Bonnie and Clyde now since I watched that. Oh, okay. So can't wait to watch that. And saw Candyman again. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, Mr. Costa! Go to battle for you! Um, I think the stupidest take I ever saw about Candyman... It's like someone's like, I hate it. It was too woke or some shit. It's like they, they blamed it all on white people. And I was like, you do know his origin was he died at the hands of white people, right? <laughs> Who's gonna tell him? <laughs> Who's gonna tell him? Uh, I know it was in the trailer, so I don't have to worry about talking about it. But just like, they're like, who would su- who would do su- some summoning like that? And then it cuts like to the high schoolers in the in the girls' bathroom <laughs> trying to summon Candyman. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that it, it checks. Um, so absolutely go see Candyman in the big screen if you could. I dragged my dad along with him uh, to go see it, and he's like, well, I don't need to see because I think it was like more of the gore and stuff in the film that he was just like, well, don't see, need to see that movie more than once. <laughs> He can handle it. He's just not like he's not like you know actively seeks out horror stuff to watch mm-hmm. like I do. Um, and then I watched Alone, which was from 2020. Um, it's a very I think it's a very good, uh, decent film for like this woman is moving and she gets kidnapped by this guy, uh, and he holds her hostage and then she escapes and he's like trying to track her down. And I think she does a, the main actress does a great job in the in the role. Uh, highly recommend watching uh, that one. And then uh, then I watched Magic. Uh, so hey. haven't I haven't watched a lot of films, but that's probably because I've been 
doing a lot of like work stuff on my computer recently so i haven't watched a lot of stuff um i am going to rewatch secession uh before the third season yeah that's what i'm doing right now (laughs) (laughs) i need to rewatch it i need to need to experience it again uh and remember no drama (laughs) i need to remember what the hell's going on um so yeah, not not too much else going on uh, on my end. Um, I have I'm now a full time bookseller, so I'll be getting benefits and a full and forty hours a week. Yeehaw! Hey. Uh, well, hello. Let's <laughs> celebrate that. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, that's that's been the positive. I just go just go through the motions, as they say. It's finally fall. <laughs> I'm ready for some spooky times. Yes! <laughs> we have to be so spooky for our episode next month. Like, absolutely. Shit your pants spooky. Yes! You have to help me with that because I don't know any shit your pants spooky at this point. I feel like, I don't know. Oh, oops, am I setting us up for failure? Yeah. No, right. we'll find something. I'm sure we And I already know it. what my costume is gonna be. <laughs> Working on that right now. Um, we are a queer horror podcast, so I feel like we should mention that yesterday. When you said books, it reminded me. Elvira released a memoir. Yes! and In which she reveals that she's been in a relationship with another woman for the past 19 years and is the happiest she's ever been in her life. And I'm like, thank God! Thank, I, I never knew I needed this, and now it's the only thing keeping me going. Little Nas that, X like, saying Jolene, and then the next day Elvira announced mm-hmm. that she's in, she's been in a relationship with them, and like gay truly wins. If God we, is gay, we all won. We all won with that one. And I I do feel bad. For, like I feel bad that like you know she felt the need to not share that. For, I mean I respect her privacy and everything, oh, yeah. but it's like because I think it sounded like part of it was because of what she thought her fan base would think. And I'm like, you mean the men? Fuck those guys. <laughs> Fuck the guys. Uh, we lo- the gay men love you already, and when they find out this, they're gonna be even happier. And they were. <laughs> God. Yeah. Bless them both. I wish them nothing but happiness for the rest of their mm-hmm. lives. Aww. That's all. We'll, we'll, we'll join you for spooky season next month, everyone. You can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. And you can find me at LM Designs on Twitter, and you can find our podcast at Horror Time Pod on Twitter and Stop Horror Time Pod on Facebook. And if you like what we do and you want to support us, you can always give us a review or even just a rating on any of the platforms that you listen to that allows that. It just more or less gets us to share around and maybe more people to discover us. Uh, and if you like anybody that wants to know more about horror but just can't watch it, we're also pretty damn good for that as well. Uh, so we'll see you guys next month in the in the month of spooky and yeah. stay safe and mm-hmm. have lots of fun go see Candyman, watch malignant you know what to do have lots of good yep. days we'll see you guys next time